Like most of human history, this show is filled with coarse language, is totally filthy, and is absolutely unfit for children. Listener discretion is advised. Yes, is that a Mel Brooks thing? Fascist and loving it. Fascist and loving it sounds very Wait, much who? like a bro- Mel Brooks thing. I don't, <laughs> it I, really I does. Wear a it's um, it's it's C- fucking the producers. Hitler on ice. <laughs> well, no, it's exactly the producers. Yeah, or it's God, I love that. Yeah, springtime for Hitler. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Hi, welcome to Drunk Lungs. This is a fun podcast, and I'm my own. <laughs> I'm unfortunately Brittany. I'm Jake. And we're not you. Not as that. bad as either of these no. two. God damn it, you're killing me here. I know, this is fun. I'm going through my intros I, real fast, I'm actually, buddy. I'm actually having a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm a shithead. Um, we should try to do one of Have those. Have we been recording? Cool. Okay. Yeah. Can, yeah. Oh my god, Michael! Hope you've been recording. I'm gonna <laughs> gut you like a fish. <laughs> I know you're probably the most likely murderer at this table, but you're gonna make me definitely be you're, one. You're the one that's making the threats here, and I'm the one that's probably gonna enjoy it. <laughs> hey, everybody, like welcome to Drunk Thrunks. Like drunk Thrunks? Drunk Thrunks. Hey, Michael, I English guys. Oh, whatever. Read good. Read is good. Read is good. Read is good. Uh, Jacob quote. You had another one Jacob, Jacob Cardis, 2019. Oh, that's just my whole life. I swear, <laughs> my brain doesn't connect words You should correctly. hear me talk at my job all the fucking time. My boss will ask me a question and nine times out of ten, midway through my answer, I'll be like, and I'm bad, 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 fuck. Yep. And no, I meant this. Oh my gosh. I've been having a really fucking weird day trying to master a dairy accent for this thing and so i end up at work talking like a, and i go up in weird places and people are like are you okay i'm like yeah i'm just practicing they're like oh uh, for what oh he's a loser he's finally like really gonna lose i'm it. just practicing <laughs> just yeah like just response. just like what i say like when I, people come in the break room they're like jake are you okay you've been here screaming I'm like i'm fine i'm just practicing I'm practicing <laughs> Yeah, I've had that moment where, like... They walk in, and they're like, wow, man, you've been cutting that onion for, like, 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Michael's knife skills are fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) And then they, they, they just leave the break room. God, I would fucking hope so. <laughs> I was in um Tampa. Do you remember this like a few years ago when there was the um spree killer loose in Tampa? No. Uh there was a well, guy who did there? like Yeah. Oh, I man. was Kat and I were there for I think vacation and it was literally while it was going on. I mean it was in a totally different part of town from us. Yeah. But I mean it was very much like the current event topic where people were like yeah, this guy is like killing or just shooting random people. Jeez. You know, in this like kind of very small kind of self-contained yeah. area. Did yeah. it really? Oh, Dude, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember we, that. Because you were so, like, son of a bitch. I like, <laughs> yeah, so it was, um, these two were down in kind of central, you know, we middle in, of nowhere we Kentucky. We were in Boonesville, Kentucky. Which if is you've a never, real If place. you've never been there, don't worry about it. 
It is. There's well, some good hiking. It was a really nice. It's, it's oh, the it's hometown nice. of Daniel Boone. Beautiful country. And yeah. we go down and we get a we get a Airbnb down in a, an actual holler where a family lives. Yeah. And so we park in there and it's just like this space between two mountains. I mean, it's a real holler. It's beautiful. Yeah. And it was gorgeous. And so. Uh, we get in, and there's a cabin off to the side. The main family lives just up the road that owns this cabin. And so we get in, and we have a lovely evening setting up, getting ready for, like, the next day. And then around 11 p.m., there's a knock on the door. <laughs> and Brittany and I <laughs> look at each other. <laughs> Do you, were you expecting anyone? Uh, <laughs> Not till tomorrow I don't night. Know, I don't know if I called the whores until tomorrow, but, uh, but yeah. So what we, do you mean, call the, the whores? Brittany's already there. It's like, yeah. Really wow. funny, <laughs> really, Jake. Wow, really oh, swatting at good. that low-hanging fruit. Daughter, I'm not gonna high-five you. <laughs> Fuck you. So I go to the door, and there's the the guy that owns the the Airbnb, and I'm like, "Hello," and he goes, "Hey, uh, oh, this is kind of embarrassing." Uh, That's I just, a bit of a country boondoggle. God, I just, boy, what a what a what a situation. I just, I, my wife said that I should let you know that. She heard on the radio that a convicted murderer had <laughs> escaped from prison, I guess, and is killing people on the road. And I was like, oh, what? Like, like where? I was like, oh, like in the state of Kentucky? And he said, well, yeah, I mean, we're in the state of Kentucky. And I was like, where? what? And he's like, well, we're kind of near one of the local, you know, prisons. prisons. <laughs> and he got out of there. And I was like, how close are we talking? He's like... Oh, it's it's miles away. How many miles? Like twelve. <laughs> a He's, good a good walk. I just he, a good I just, afternoon. I just like thought Ike. I should let you know. Just you know that. And then he left. <laughs> to put this in a context, um, I'm a fat man, and I've done twelve mile hikes no problem. Even worse, the guy isn't hiking because, of course, immediately I get on my phone and start looking up articles on this thing. Yeah, and, and it's he's like, like stealing cars. Yes! Like, yeah, he's pre- yeah, he steals a car, pretends to have a breakdown, gets someone to come up. He's got a shotgun. He's armed yep. with a shotgun that he stole out of the back of one of the trucks that he tricked someone into pulling over with. So he takes the shotgun, holds a lady at gunpoint, pulls her out of the car, takes the car. He ended up taking a house for a little while, holding them hostage yeah. and shooting the two people that lived there, took their car. And so he could be fucking anywhere and we're here in a place that we don't know and i was like and there are doors on all four corners of the house doors big windows yeah like so there was the it is not a defensible place and then there was a door in our room that went straight to outside yeah and then there was one like the the cabin was like basically i think was it still used as a recording studio yeah it's a recording, it had a recording studio. studio yeah yeah so it had a door on the other side of the house that led straight outside right from the like the recording studio area and it was like we it was so not funny but it was just like i i was like that was the first time in my life where i was like i'm in a fucking movie right now like this yeah. is not fucking <laughs> happening because there were like there was like a like a like a sith like a little scythe. Yeah. Scythe. That was Michael's <laughs> clever armament. I mean, there was literally nothing <laughs> I, in that I'm place. I'm pretty sure I pulled a Rapunzel and like, grabbed a frying pan. I was like, I guess yeah, so. Yeah, like it's literally all we had. <laughs> yeah. So we ended up bad, you know, like we went into our bedroom. We took all of the chairs out of the dining room and shoved them under the door handles. <laughs> I was like, we're not, I'm like, I'm not fucking with like, oh, I'm supposed to be on vacation right, right. now. Right. <laughs> Luckily, there were no big bay windows in the right, bedrooms, yeah. and those had curtains on them. And we, like, moved the bed away from... We didn't move the bed. We moved the, the nightstand. That's though. it, yeah. yeah. And so, like, we, we uh, 
Yeah, and then we were just sitting there, like, we're not going to go to sleep. <laughs> like, this guy could be anywhere. Well, and then the um, the fun addendum to that is Kat and I were driving down to join them the next evening. Right. And so before we, like, I think we're probably, you know, a third of the way there. Were you already on a, the road? Yeah, oh, when I God. get a text from Michael, hey, so there's a murderer on the loose, and he's, like, you know, acting like his No, you he's hadn't stopped. left yet, because that was the first night we were down okay, there, and right. you didn't come but down until no, the next day. We, I didn't get the details on what he was doing until we yeah, were on the road. But I just texted you at, like, 12 a.m., like, hey, yeah, I was texting you, you and should, giving you advice on you how to... You should bring some guns. yeah. But anyway, like, the day, you know, we're driving down there, and you're telling me, so what he's doing is he's stopping cars and, you know, acting like he needs help, and then he's, like, uh, you know, holding people at gunpoint and stealing their car. So later, when we're probably 20 to 30 minutes away from you guys, we're driving along this windy country road, and I see some guy stay in the middle of the road putting his hand out trying to get <gasps> us to stop. Yep. Uh-uh. And I say to Cat... Oh, shit. Um, Kat, I'm not gonna stop. I need you to hold, like, my backpack's in the back. There's a gun in there. I need you to bring it up here, please. Yeah, just get down and get the yeah. gun. Yeah, and it was, um, I just gotta go past the guy, and he's, like, getting angry that I'm not stopping and yeah. following after us. Turns out there was, like, a wreck up ahead, and they're trying to get us to detour, but I was oh, like, shit. I saw the guys, like, oh, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> this it, is how I die. This is where it happens. <laughs> and it was literally, like, I'm about to be in a shootout. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah, I think he was caught by that point, thank god, because he was caught the next oh, yeah, day. We were, yeah, yeah, it was we were very keeping quick. updated, yeah. like, I was, like, refreshing the article. I was impressed like... with the sheriff's office, they did a good job of, of keeping the public informed. I, I'm i sure they didn't bring out a posse, but god, that would have been fun if they brought out a posse. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, just everyone hops into trucks, like, let's go get them, boys! Uh, that's even more terrifying for us, because <laughs> oh, no, we're, not, more... we're not from around there, they don't know who we are. Oh yeah, no, y'all are city folk. Yeah. As am I. I I would that, I, yeah, but thank God he got well, caught. Nothing happened, but like we were yeah, we were like, no, we, we were like, like oh cool, we we are it. we are in a horror movie. Like I, legit, I was like, this is it. Like I was like, I'll I'll I've never experienced anything like this before, and I'm like, and I really don't want to now, but fuck. And but luckily enough, the the family that was like that we were renting this Airbnb from, their the house that was right next to ours is like the owners. Yeah, or like mm-hmm. they're. No, it's their, their families. Th- I know it's their family, but I don't know if it was, like, them or, like, their kids. Uh, I think it was another one that they just rent out. So, yeah. they were really nice, and they let us stay in their house that night with them. <laughs> well, we drive That's up, so, cool. so we eventually, at, like, 3 yeah. a.m., we were like, we're not gonna, we can't do this. Well, we're they even safe. they even offered. They yeah. came over, and they were like, hey, if you need a place to stay, like, yeah. if you want to be somewhere where, like, there are a ton of people. Other people. So, we, so yeah. we finally went over at, like, 3 in the morning, and we pull our car up. And there are like three giant dogs barking in the front yard. Woo! And we walk up and their seven-year-old son is sitting on the porch with a rifle across his I'm knees. I'm not going to lie. If pretty... everything goes well in my life, that's my <laughs> that's retirement. Not, honest, that's honest, what I want so I was bad. like, oh, Absolutely. this is, this is I cannot future. wait to have a hauler to defend. Yep. Yeah. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. Jake, it'll be a compound and we both know Oh, that. and like, and it wasn't just three dogs <laughs> because we get there and like the guest room we were staying in, uh, the, the cat came in and joined us. So yeah. There was, no. there and that was really nice for you. I feel like that helped you feel a lot I've always, comforted. I've, yeah, I've always found comfort in animals. Not, not to be mean, this is kind of a little bit funny to me because I grew up in Covington. You know the area. That area used to be much worse. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm just like, oh, y'all are freaked out by shootings? <laughs> like, I not, no, not to I be mean, mean like, it's just no. like, oh, I'm kind of used to that a little well, bit. Well, I mean, if I... If you're used to it, yeah. I, yeah. I once had a guy literally shot on my front 
doorstep when i lived in dayton like i mean so it's not that it's it's just more that like we're isolated yeah you're right it's a horror movie there's no access to cell service for me because i've got a terrible cell carrier and we're alone in the woods in an unknown cabin and like you guys are gonna meet up with us so it's like it is like a bunch of horror tropes yeah and like we're worried about you guys getting down there right and like yeah it's like one of those things where like you know you guys see us pull up in the car and you're like thank god they're here then like the guy gets out and like pulls one of our bodies out of the right. car it's like oh shit right, right exactly yeah, like you get out of the car things. and wave and then suddenly you like freeze and do there's like a pitchfork in your back yeah. and it's like one of those things where it's like you knock on the door and we're like we're not letting you in and it's like no it's just me jake and it's like can i really trust you like yeah. what if you're the killer oh <laughs> it was just a lot. he opens the door and he's got a voice changer thing just kidding <laughs> like, bitch like it's not jake gotcha, bitch <laughs> or the other side of it you finally get there and you got the guns and you open the door and you see like two people in the shadows sitting in chairs you oh michael Brittany, thank god it's you and then i turn on the lights and, and it's like, like the guy corpses. and i get like two seconds before he blasts me with a shotgun yeah it's like our corpses sitting yeah. there speaking of murders our topic um we're talking about a real fun guy from you know born in ireland but i would say tasmania is where he's most famous he really blossomed into what he was going to be yeah Did we introduced the show by the way i don't think we did. hey i'm this is drunk thunks i'm michael i'm Brittany, and i'm jake doing a lot better than Brittany. what the fuck <laughs> Oh, Go on. <laughs> I'm gonna. Fuck, I'm gonna need another beer. <laughs> Shit. Oh boy. So um, I'm as happy as a cannibal in Tasmania. Oh uh, boy. Which. A spoiler alert. So <laughs> we're gonna be talking about a real fun guy today. Um, a fella named Alexander Pierce. What a what a what a lad. He what an absolute character. So, sorry, Brittany's asking for a beer, and I am a good person. I will provide her with one. Ah, uh, hey. a man. I wasn't done. You wouldn't know what this. <laughs> I'm sorry, Michael. That was really mean no, of me. It's fine. I apologize. No, it's cute when it comes from you. <laughs> yeah, remember when you called me a whore like five minutes ago? Yeah, but we're friends. I'm. I am all but positive that you've called me anything short of like Jezebel and Babylon. <laughs> You have called me almost every, like, synonym for whore out there. I think my favorite one that I screamed at you one time was cucksucker, and I'm going to stick with that one. That's pretty pretty good. That makes me laugh. Cucksucker. You cucksucker. So we're going to get into Alexander Pierce's life, his fun, fun time in Tasmania, or, and honestly, I just love this name because it sounds kind of sinister and creepy. Van Diemen's Land. Van um, Diemen's Land. I'm probably mispronouncing that. If no, we have, that's, that's If correct. we all, like, one listener of ours in Tasmania, if you exist, correct me if I'm wrong. Also, let us know if you have a problem with calling it Van Diemen's Land. Yeah, I... I'll get into this in a minute, but basically I'm going to use a few terms interchangeably. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, so, real quick, I want to list my sources for this. Uh, my main source is a book called Hell's Gates by Paul Collins, which is actually a pretty fun read. Um, I also used an article from, I believe it's a magazine called The Age, called A Journey Through Hell's Gates, and an article from CultureNorthernIreland.org called The Last Confession of Alexander Pierce. And there's actually also a movie by that name on Amazon Prime. I think it's only like an hour. Uh, it's got a few issues, but, you know, for an hour it's worth checking it was, out. It was an interesting watch. I had it on the background while I was doing laundry yeah. yesterday. And there's yeah. also another movie, I'm pretty sure it's called Van Diemen's Land or something like that. Also about Alexander Pierce. That one looks a little better shot. A little less. But I I didn't see it, so I don't know. Um, Anyway. A little less dingy. So before we get into Alexander Pierce, let's talk a little bit about the place that is most tied to his name. 
Van Diemen's Land, as I said, modern-day Tasmania. So as we know, in the late 1700s and early 1800s, the British had been settling Australia, also known as New Holland at this time, and uh, Tasmania in many cases by deporting convicts there. So It was a really great system for everybody. Yeah, it's this whole thing where it's like, oh, what's that? You're begging in the streets without a license? Off to Tasmania yeah, you go. It's amazing yeah. how quickly you can just export crime, and it looks like you're reducing it. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, hey, if we just act like it isn't here, then uh, things are great. Um, uh, yeah, that worked real well. Yeah. Oh, Britain. So Van Diemen's Land was relatively safer than mainland Australia. Now, it's where is Van Diemen's Land? Where is Tasmania at? Really? Yeah. Okay, you know on a map yeah. of Australia? Yeah. Where is Tasmania? Tasmania is south of Australia. Okay, so it's further south. It's further south. It is, uh, I can describe the terrain later, but yeah, it's further south of Australia. You don't have, this is one of the reasons why Tasmania is technically a bit safer in Australia. You don't have... You know, all the sharks and snakes and crocodiles and all that stuff. Right. What you have instead is this, like, weirdly alien landscape that, I don't know, look up pictures of Tasmania. I mean, I'll describe it more in part two of this episode, because guess what? We're at our first part two. All right. Yeah, it's going to be, gonna be great. And I yeah. knew it was going to be Jake that did it. Well, we all did. Jake can't seem to stop giving facts. I'm addicted to... Something called context. God. Like I, I love a horse named Context. You know, you know when someone like when they ask you in your interview, like, "What's the worst thing about you?" And you're like, "My biggest flaw is that I care too much." Oh no, I tell them that um, I'm lazy and I don't like to work if I can avoid it. Yeah, I, I go in all honesty. Okay, good for you. So first, getting to Tasmania is a fucking nightmare. Why? So. <laughs> So basically, British ships would have to sail more or less straight south to 40 degrees south latitude. Of course. As one does. And then they would basically sail straight east. Okay. So you're basically sailing south of Africa and then a straight line. And then like just a straight just like line a, to Tasmania. Just like a big L. East? Yeah. I thought you said uh, west. God damn it. <laughs> so this journey took forever. So the ship that took Pierce to Van Diemen's Land, the Castle Forbes, it left Ireland on October 3rd, 1819, or 1819, sorry. And it didn't arrive at its destination till January 27th, 1820. So, like, an, a year and... I mean, what? it's not a year, but, I mean, they went from October, uh, November, oh, like December. Months. Yeah. The, basically four months at sea. On a prison ship. Oh, yes. Um, sailing along this part of the sea is fucking awful. <laughs> basically, there's nowhere to stop once you start sailing east. It's just... Straight ocean. There so, are no ports of call just in the like way. The, the south of Africa is like the last yeah. place you can stop. Oh my yeah, God. and they didn't stop there because it's a prison ship. Jesus they didn't want to risk Christ. anyone getting off. Um, southern seas have notoriously bad weather that can change with little warning. Most British sailors are used to, you know, the Atlantic, the Mediterranean. Yeah. In worst case, the Baltic and the North Sea, neither of which are good. But I mean, to give you an idea, the southern seas typically had wave heights of 85 to 90 feet. That is insane. That's, That's skyscraper high. That's huge. I can't even really picture that. Uh, yeah, men working on the deck. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Men working on the decks of these ships were at high risk of slipping on the wash or the washed out decks and being swept overboard. If you were swept overboard, they did not stop to get you. Oh right? fuck! 
So basically, I mean, how could they? Yeah, right. It's legitimately like it's not even that they didn't want to. It's just they couldn't. Right. So you're secured to, I believe it's the mast with the rope, and if you slip out that rope or that rope breaks and you go overboard, that's you're it. Done. You're dead. Bye bye. Is it yeah. like that scene in Treasure Planet when they're like yes. trying to? Okay. I mean, yeah. honestly, yeah, yeah that's that probably is pretty accurate. That's, it's probably yeah. the only thing I've seen in media that I can like relate that to. But yeah. or Pocahontas. Okay. Yeah. Did they do that in Pocahontas? Well, where uh, what's his face goes over the side. Oh, that's oh, yeah. right. Um, Shit. That's actually a pretty good rendering. If for yeah. actually, yeah, it really is. Um, Not John jumping off the bow and like doing him. the like perfect the Olympic dive. Okay, I'll say, not John Smith. It's a Thomas. Thomas. Was that his name? Yeah. Played by Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. Yep. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Just doesn't like Christian Bale at all. Both eyes um, open, Christian Bale. Yeah, that actually doesn't work. It translates directly to his role in Batman. It doesn't. That was a lie. Okay. <laughs> I was actually going to take your word for it. Uh, Meanwhile, below decks, the prisoners in a cruise station below found themselves drenched in cold seawater and stuck in total darkness. Because the air scuttles were shut to keep water... Are you fucking kidding me? It's like wet and dark forever. Oh, I forgot you're a psychopath. Be alone in that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's If only you could have a a crying girl in there. (laughs) The rough shambling of salty bodies moving past you in the total pitch blackness. You're terrifying. You frighten me. <laughs> I'm a social so person. Be- My alone Jesus time Christ, needs stop. to ex- reflect how extreme that is. Oh, God. You can leave him at any time. I know. Don't feel stuck. Imagine no, what I'm my nightmares are like. for you. You can hide in my house. I have do- locked doors and an alarm system and many guns. Brittany, I've, I know every inch of this house. <laughs> you don't? Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Go on. <laughs> uh, so air scuttles were shut to keep out water, and basically it's impossible to keep any lights lit down there. So what this translates to is you can't see anything. Imagine just being in that. You're soaked in uh, freezing cold seawater. Gross. You can't see. Every time the ship's rocking back and forth, you're hitting all the people around you. Yeah, you're not. I'm sure they're not secured down there in the prison hole. No, you're just fucking flailing all over the place. <laughs> just like, that's so terrible, but I. That's just like the funniest image. You're just I'm like so you're just like if, continual... if you put Benny Hill, Benny Hill music on it. <laughs> yeah, it could be kind of funny. Yeah, um, but it, I just imagine like the Benny Hinn music, just like uh, like it's like on a warped record, and it just keeps playing forever. You know that, but also like you know how like they do like movie trailers now, where they like take really popular songs and like make it really gritty and like haunting, yeah. like that yeah as they're like flailing put it in minor slow motion um one eyewitness they call it the human lava lamp jesus christ (laughs) um one eyewitness said men couldn't walk upright but were quote slipping and sliding along the greasy deck many not being able to walk went down on all fours like so many sloths or bears or whatever creeping animal you may be pleased to compare them i love that quote i say i believe john's gone native i'm a sloth I'm a sloth now! He's foaming at the mouth. So, already imagine this, right? Lots of people seasick. All the air scuttles are closed. You're in pitch darkness, so you're just, like, vomiting all over the place. But it gets worse because... Just, like, rolling in it. Yeah, but on top of that, you also have animals on these ships. Oh, God. Sheep, pigs, ducks, hens, and even cattle were transported for fresh food. Yep. And they're also as seasick as all the people. <laughs> oh, it's just a slurry. And then, this, let's go ahead and make it worse. That makes me want to be vegetarian Isn't for that a while. gross? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just imagine, like, being in, like, imagine, like, all the human vomit. Uh-huh. And then add, like, cows vomiting, like, pig shit rolling around. And then, on top of that, and let's go ahead and make this even worse for you all. Some of these men on these ships were confined to the sick bay because of dysentery. What's oh! the sick bay? 
The sick bay is basically <laughs> where you are stuck in bed lying motionless for almost the entire trip. Oh, I, I know, but Essentially honestly, laying in a puddle of your own dysentery uh, as the ship rocks back and forth in pitch blackness. I'm sure you don't stay in there for very long. You end up just dead. People made it the entire trip. There's That's one, almost worse. There's one guy on the Castle Forbes who was in sick bay almost the entire trip. God. Um, even if the sea were calm, things were still pretty fucking awful for the people in these ships. Uh, so to give you an idea, 13 out of the 140 convicts were boys below the age of 17 Ooh. who had to be kept separate from the other older convicts to keep them from being raped. Except <gasps> for on birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bill, it's your 40th birthday. All right. Go into the boys' hold. <laughs> oh, I hate it. All right, boys, all. it's a very special day today. It's Bill's 40th birthday. Bill's going to come in here, and he thinks he's a sloth, so we're going to give him a good time, all right? <laughs> Spike me, boys! <laughs> um, the other bad thing, too, is, oh, also on these ships, ventilation was fucking awful. Can't imagine why. Gee. These ships passed over the equator, so imagine what it's like inside the hull of these ships, where it's just hot and humid and oppressive. Oh, God, it's fucking it's just awful. like a dorm microwave. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like a dorm. Yeah. If you've been to college and lived in a dorm, you know this. It's just, yeah, vomit and dysentery rolling around the hallways <laughs> as people crawl on all fours like sloths, drunkenly wandering yeah. from moon There's um, There's one bit in the book uh, where Collins just says, and I just love it, he's just, one can imagine the smell. <laughs> and one, Colin. Colin um, lived an exciting life. So once they'd get through this hellish journey, they'd arrive at either New Holland, Australia, or Van Diemen's Land. And since our story primary deals with the, or primarily deals with the latter, that's what, we're, what we'll talk about. In 1820, the population of Van Diemen's Land was 4,901 people, 2,666 of it, which were convicts, including 275 women. Uh, Jake, can we have that ratio again? <laughs> 4,901 people, 2,666 of which were convicts. Okay. And that included 275 women. So you really better hope that they've got the Bumble dating app available. 275 women amongst 2,666 convicts, and I assume that they some just... of whom are there for violent crimes, including rape. So I assume that the women just, like, barricaded themselves into a little private castle? Either that, or if you have, like, a certain kind of kink, this is just your dream. This could be a good place. <laughs> well, I guess it really... I imagine not, though. <laughs> no, we say that jokingly, this must have been really fucking awful for a I lot of people. I guess it really depends on what she's wearing. God. Jesus. Boy, more beer, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't include it in here, but they had astronomical rates of... What did they call it? I believe they just referred to it as sodomy then, but um, it was rampant. Pretty good catch-all. Lots of gay sex in the Tasmanian colony. And you know what? Good for them. <laughs> I'm a down-under wife now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's um, any port in a storm, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's... Well, when you're slipping and sliding around in the shit in the prison ship, you, you know, you gotta grab anything you can I, hold I mean, on to. I mean, who's to say dick wouldn't fly out of their pants and just accidentally insert it into something. Whoops! Whoopsies! Uh, this was also not counting the three to 4,000 Aborigines who were living there around the same time. Oh, I'm Whoa. sure that the British um, didn't count them either, so it's Oh, fine. the British surely didn't, but um, the fun thing about them was they were justifiably not fond of Europeans and were known to spear shepherds or kill their flocks as often as they could. Meanwhile, the Europeans would just go and raid and kill as many Aborigines as they could and take the women off to... Uh, 
you know. Um, make wives. Yeah, yeah, we'll use the Genghis Khan term and say make wives. Yeah. It actually, um, reading the accounts of it really reminds me of the Apache Wars. Just a constant simmer of low-level violence yeah. just all the time. And it's always at a breaking point. Yeah, and it actually ends for the Aborigines, unfortunately, very much the same way the Apache Wars ends. Great. Um, basically, it Tasmania is a dark green, wet, and windy landscape. It's usually on the colder side. The economy at this time is largely based on sheep, and basically convicts would be rented out to uh, local ranchers, essentially as... Slave labor. Yep. Bingo. And, um... Hail Britannia. <laughs> yeah, Britain doing great. Real good. It's like Settlers of Catan, if Catan is just, you know, a small island and the settlers are the British. <laughs> yeah, that's actually pretty much it. It's, um, it's a fucking mess. It's crazy. It's... Oh, man, penal colonies are not great. And funny to say, though. They are. Really? Just because of penal? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so this is the world where convict number 102 found himself in January of 1820. So finally, we're at the man of the hour. Sorry, convict what? Convict number 102. Okay. That was his number, and he came in. Alexander Pierce, uh, his birth year was listed as 1790, but we actually literally don't know how old he was. During these events, he was either as young as 27, so actually younger than myself, and he's actually your age. Yeah, right around my age. Yeah. Or he was as old as 30 when he arrived, and initially New Holland, he was later brought down to Tasmania. Right. But not, really, like, not an old man for the period. I mean, you know, you're, you're right. Like, not an old man, but I mean, also not necessarily a young man either. Right. Um, basically, Pierce was born, let's see here, in County Monaghan, immediately south of the Irish border with Ulster. Michael, you've been practicing ac an accent for this. Oh, I've been not practicing enough, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. You guys are going to hear that in part two. It's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Pierce was born in the lowest level of Catholic rural society. Which Mason has some deep... Deep lows. Yeah, sorry. Let me let me rephrase that. The lowest level of Irish Catholic rural society. Basically, he lived his childhood in like a powder keg of instability. This was a time when uh, revolutionary ideas from France are making their way across across the English Channel and finding really fertile soil in Ireland. Why? <laughs> it's almost as if the Irish really didn't like the British and had very justifiable reasons for wanting to get out from underneath their... Uh, boot heel well in a lot of ways the way they treated tasmania is they looked at the world globe and they, they this basically looks said, like ireland i say you're telling me that we can take all of those irish people and move them somewhere almost exactly the same size but, but worse much farther away from us <laughs> my god <laughs> um this was actually a time period between you know it's between 1796 and 1798 where the british army militias and protestant uh yeomanry corps were essentially just marched throughout Ireland to suppress and kill people. Oh, yeah. Um, there's actually... Weren't Hessians also sent to Ireland, like, not too many years before uh, this? It like, would have the been 1760s? a little bit of time before, yeah. But, I mean, like... Well, and this is also during the period of times it was called the Penal Era in, yeah. in Ireland. And uh, the it was basically there as racial repression of Ireland and Irish culture, way of life, and the people themselves, so... Yeah, it was essentially... A, a, it was an attempt to stamp out being Irish, essentially. Yeah. And try and forcibly drag them into uh, British, English society. Britishness. Yeah. 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 At one point, they sent uh, their corps of engineers through 
to literally rename every place in Ireland with an English-sounding name. Didn't they do that in Wales, too? Yeah, they did it to destroy the languages yeah. and to destroy people's connections to the land. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. It's, it's yeah. actually what the Chinese are doing to Uyghurs now. What? Yeah. No. Yeah, you know, when they're paving over... Uh, what is it? Uh, cemeteries? Oh, cemeteries. Like ancestral burial grounds, yeah. and they're putting up car parking lots yep. over it. And making oh. it illegal to be a Uyghur. Yeah, it's real fucked up. It's awful. Yeah, we live in a bad time. Um, anyway, so to One quote many Paul, others. Yeah. Uh, to quote Paul Collins, and I just really like this quote here. Pierce was born into and passed his childhood in a volatile area in a dislocated society. He probably grew up as an orphan or without a great deal of parental or adult supervision and became a petty criminal early in life. He not only seems to have lacked sustained and loving intimacy with either parents, friends, or extended family, but he also probably missed out on any type of moral, religious, or social formation. Keep this in mind, because Pierce is a, a bit of a character, as oh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, his occupation when he arrived in Van Diemen's Land was listed as labor in the ship's indent. He had essentially been sentenced for seven years, so the idea was you'd go there, you would have a sentence, so in Pierce's case, seven years... You basically get rented out as pseudo-slave labor during that time period. And once your period was up, you could... Basically, you could stay in Ireland. Or not in Ireland, sorry. In Tasmania or Australia. I but you can't go back? I don't know if you could. I think it's more an issue you probably just couldn't afford to go back. I'm sure. Yeah, the idea is you go there and after you serve up your term, you have a chance to reinvent yourself and become a good, proper British colonist. Oh, well, living in a state that's now mostly populated with criminals that have been convicted and sent away from home, I'm sure the chances are great. Yeah, it's great. Uh, no problems at all. Um, fun fact, he actually was sent there because he stole... According to his last confession, he was convicted for stealing six pairs of shoes. Seems legit. There's one guy who actually gets sent for way, like, even less than that. Yeah. But the six pairs of shoes indicates that he was probably a professional thief. This wasn't a guy who was just stealing shoes. Yeah. You know, just to put shoes on his feet. He's stealing them to sell. Just to put shoes on his table. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, unfortunately, we really don't know much else about Pierce because the records for this period were destroyed in the Irish Civil War in uh, 1922. The what? <sighs> we're not going to do an episode on the Irish Civil War yet, Michael. Oh, but we will. Not yet. <laughs> I'll get there. You will, but okay. not right now. A very different story of glorious and upstanding men rising against the tyranny of the British. But they're Irish. Yeah. But you said glorious and upstanding. Yeah, that's what I said. It's a I'm mythos. joking. I'm, I'm actually all on board with the Irish against the British. Cheers. Yeah. Ho, ho. <laughs> um, so in the time between his arrival and his escape, and we'll get to the escape in part two, because that's that's the real fun, uh, Pierce evidently had been in trouble with the local magistrate seven times. He spent time on the run from Hobart Town as a bush ranger, which is basically a highwayman. No, wait, what? A bush ranger. You know, someone who ranges in the bushes. I'm pretty sure that a bush ranger is a man that you find on the outskirts of a club in Miami. It's a guy with a very certain fetish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this is awful. I like him unkempt. <laughs> bush ranger is like the name of a guy on the saddest dating profile. Oh, it's the saddest dating app. Yeah. I... I'm just kidding. It's not farmer's meat, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> or Christian Mingle. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Oh, so... That's, that's awful. <laughs> um, So I was originally going to go through and list out all of his crimes and talk about them in detail, but that would take too long, and we don't have that kind of time. So I'm going to run through them really quick. Late 1820, 
ran away from William Scattergood, a guy who had rented his labor, <laughs> became a bush ranger and accepted amnesty on the 2nd of May, 1821. 18th May, 1821, charged you, with... Gro- are you laughing at Scattergood? Why? It's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's a British Scattergood. name. 18th May, 1821, charged with, quote, embezzling two turkeys and three ducks. How? How do you embezzle <laughs> a turkey? I don't know, but that's the charge. Like, where? Um, this probably Did happened. he, like, pretend to be a buxom woman and put them underneath I his I think shirt? it was legitimately he just tried to steal. <laughs> like, how fucking stupid is that, though? He he has literally just gotten caught or just turned himself in for being a highwayman. Where the fuck I'm is gonna, he going to hide him? I'm what uh, the fuck was his plan? I think the real thing to consider here is how desperate and starving do you have to be to, be, to do that? But at that, that point, you're back in custody. You are being fed. I guess. But um, how much? I mean, I imagine... Actually, were... Hobart Town wasn't, like awful really hobart town i Despite mean it, all the i wouldn't have wanted to be there yeah but i mean like you could do worse you definitely could do worse because we'll talk about that place oh, in Lord. just a little bit probably so this probably happened after he accepted the amnesty and because that he was sentenced to 50 lashes hard labor for 14 days and confinement at night now when we say 50 lashes like... um <gasps> these are the really bad ones these are the ones where they put you on kind of a um i tell you a exactly. stock right it was like kind of post? like an X. It was literally like, you know, the um, X cross that, who was it? Wasn't St. Paul yeah. crucified on, on an X cross? Uh, one of them was. One of them was. I can't remember which one. Probably a lot well, of Well, don't they were. call it a Greek cross? Maybe. Anyway, they are basically put you on something like that and they lash you, I believe with a cat of nine tails. And it's not like, it's not like a fun, like, you know, kink.com being whipped thing. Right. It's, um, they hit you with this and scraps of your flesh go flying off oh yeah and like, like i think a lot of time or well, i shouldn't say a lot of time but i definitely remember like reading some things in history where like didn't they like pour salt or like lemon well wouldn't they juice? have to do that to treat it well, actually it, it's to sanitize it you yeah know? Okay. well i couldn't i like, remember it reading that and being like oh fuck yeah but I couldn't yeah remember it's if it real was, bad like, a, a um 50 lashes thing. is really awful right uh yeah fuck that. um 17th September, 1821, drunk and disorderly conduct, sentenced to 25 lashes. More. Does this guy have a back at this point? It gets worse. Oh, God. 20th <laughs> September, 1821, stole a wheelbarrow, presumably to sell it to buy grog. Trying to fill it with turkeys and embezzle them. <laughs> well, it's literally like, imagine, I just imagine this guy, like, he walks out, looks around, just sees a wheelbarrow, it's like, someone's gonna buy that. <laughs> it I just, got, like, fucking runs I off with steal it. That. Somebody will buy it. Yeah. Since to wait for wait. <laughs> yeah. Um. Since to fifty lashes with six months of hard labor. Keep in mind, he just got twenty five lashes on September seventeenth. So in six and a half months, he's received a hundred and twenty five lashes by my account. Seventy five of those within five days. And so the children of the camp just grab onto the strings of his back and ride him. Oh, like a like maypole, a, like a sled dog. <laughs> I just imagine. The getting the 50 lashes after you've already gotten the 25, it's just enough time for it to maybe start to heal. That makes it so much worse to me. Oh, that's, yeah, because there's like a, when you get a tattoo done on top of, like, if you get a tattoo covered up, it hurts, like, way more than just getting, like, a tattoo. It's because that tissue is already healed and it's being, like, torn open again. Yeah. Yeah. So Whoa. I can't even imagine what that is. Yeah. Fuck that. This is a whole different universe oh. of pain. Oh, yeah. Late March 1822, he ran away from his hard labor after someone caught onto some forgery he was engaged in. He became a bush ranger again <laughs> and was caught by early July. He was basically gone for 10 weeks at a max. 
And then July 6, 1822, he was finally charged with absconding and forgery. He was found guilty of both and sent to the penal colony at Macquarie Harbor. All of this in like a year and a half. Yeah. Basically, what we see from Pierce is he is impulsive and he's the kind of person who does not adapt to prison life. Yeah. Like, he just seems to be incapable of it. He's, he's not, like he one of those figured people, out how to get into the system. He's one of those people who, like, just runs because, oh, I have the chance to and doesn't seem to think through his actions. Yeah. What we're also remembering is the all of these punishments aren't making Alexander Pierce better. They're just bringing out the worst in his personality. Right. This isn't a reform colony. No. This is a punishment colony. It's one of those things where the British just did not understand. I mean, in fairness, shit, we still don't have a good idea of reform in our country, but they were even worse then. Right. And they didn't see these as people, so there wasn't really much reason well, yeah, to they reform were them. Irish Catholic. They're not people. Right. At least to the British at this time period. That's not even me being awful. Right. No, that's just yeah, literally that's, how they saw them. That's the just world. how they saw them. So he gets sent to, like I said, the prison at uh, Macquarie Harbor. So this is at a place called Sarah Island. If you get the chance, I would say Google it, like on Google Maps, see if you can get some pictures of it. It's actually, like, kind of like Brittany. It's weirdly beautiful in, like, a haunting and desolate kind of way. Whoa. That's the most metal <laughs> thing. Wow. It is, um, it's essentially like Alcatraz. It's this <gasps> desolate island surrounded by like water. Alcatraz? <laughs> you are supposed to be more offended by, like, desolate... <laughs> Anyway. Don't you know me and how fucking weird I am? You underestimate their power. It's this basically this desolate island surrounded by water, which is even further surrounded by this impenetrable wilderness of cool temperate rainforests. If you've ever been to the Pacific Northwest, like Olympic uh, National Park here in the United States, you've seen what this looks like. Honestly, um, it is the closest that we have now to what the world looked like during the Cretaceous period. This is literally dinosaur times. Dinosaur country. times? Like, that's what it looks like. Really? I've been to Olympic. It's the mo- I mean, Honestly, it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to. But, I mean, it's it looks alien. Would you say hauntingly beautiful? And legitimately, yes. I think that's a very apt description. Huh. It's very cool. If you get the chance, go see it. Basically, this is on the total opposite side of the island. Hobart Town, where Pierce was originally, is on the eastern side of the island. This is on the western end. It is miles from anything. So it's just completely isolated out in the middle of nowhere. Yep. Basically on the edge of the world. This is wilderness in the truest sense of the word. Uh, The area is a land of strong winds, squalls, storms, rain, and sleet, and constant dampness. To make this worse, the weather is famous for being temperamental and prone to changes within minutes. It receives on average 102 inches of rain every year, with July, August, and September being the coldest months. The constant cold wet conditions basically meant that rheumatism was widespread amongst convicts and guards. Oh, and uh, also to make it better, scurvy and dysentery were rampant. Yeah! Place. I love scurvy. Uh, convicts that would cut down timber and mine modest coal deposits as their secondary punishment. As their uh, secondary punishment. Yeah, the first being deportation to Tasmania and Australia. <laughs> the first punishment is just being you there. You being here is really what it's all about. Yeah. And they basically existed under extremely harsh discipline, what amounted to slave labor conditions. Great. From the guards' perspective, and this is what makes it worse, there are only 17 guards stationed on Sarah Island. Jesus. Policing 170 inmates, many of whom who had Jesus. a history... 17? 17 guards... And they're armed with single-shot muskets. So if you're a really, really good trained man, you can fire four shots with one of these in a minute. 
That's if you're really and that's good. Like the top people in their yeah. field. And I imagine that if you're on guard duty at Tasmania, it's not because you were the top men in your field. Actually, this unit, I think it was like the fifth regiment of foot. It was a unit that actually fought in the Napoleonic Wars. Okay. Like some of these people didn't know their shit. Well, sure. But I mean some. that doesn't you help get... that doesn't help you if 170 men try to rush well, you. Well, I'm guessing if you were a mil- in the military and you got sent to Tasmania, it's not because you did something right. It's they would just be like, "All right, it's your regiment's time in Tasmania. Get Jeez. on it." So they weren't happy to be here either. Around this time, also, right around the time that uh, Pierce gets there, of those seventeen men, two or three of them, along with the trusted inmate, were sent to look at or chase down two other guys who had escaped. Okay, and they all just disappeared. Oh, Lord. So basically, the the officer in charge of this prison is down to fourteen men. Batten down the hatches. Yeah. yeah. Basically, how do you handle this if you're those guards? Just brutality. Exactly. Extreme (laughs) brutality. This place is... With a prayer. Yeah. Basically, a Lieutenant Cuthbertson, and he's going to be important to remember the name. What's his name? Uh, Cuthbertson. Cuthbertson. I'm assuming I'm saying that right. It is C-U-T-H-B-E-R-T-O-R-S-O-N. Cuthbertson. 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 Something like that? Yeah, Yeah, something like that. I'll say Cuthbertson. That sounds better. Sure, whatever. Um, But he was perfectly happy to use brutality to keep convicts in line. Yeah, I'm sure. This is a bad place to be. So Pierce would have arrived there in July 1822 and was wet and overcast and cold. So what we've seen from Pierce time and time again up to this point is that he is not capable of adjusting to prison life and he would try to escape as soon as possible and it did not matter who he went or who he was with. He was just, he was game to go at a He was just notice. going to run. Yeah. And by a weird little twist of fate or stroke of luck or what have you, he was assigned to a working that was already in the process of planning its own escape. Basically, he was in a logging crew with seven other men, and we're going to run through it. We're going to do the introduction suicide squad style. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, no. Really building on success here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Robert Greenhill... An English sailor and the most influential man of the group. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Like Pierce, he was one of those people who seemed to find the constraints of convict life intolerable. Oh, this is intolerable. <laughs> <laughs> he had actually. So remember how I said there was someone who went there for a worse reason than Pierce? Yeah. He was sent there or sent to the penal colony for stealing his wife's coat. <laughs> <gasps> that sounds like uh, that is you like that is like britney steals like one of your hoodies or something yeah and you have her sent like deported out of the country uh, what that sounds like to me is that what's his name green, green hill, hill. It sounds to me like green hill's wife didn't want to be married to him anymore yeah and, and hid her coat <laughs> yeah that's, that, that's actually exactly what um colin says he says basically she seems to have taken the stolen coat as a chance to be rid of him oh yeah <laughs> yeah green that's hill- kind of fucking brilliant <laughs> yeah like, honestly <laughs> well what kind of society is that where it's like you, you stole can't... a coat go the fuck to tasmania like yeah, you're that. Yeah, it's that severe. Yeah, but like, back that then, is a, like divorce was like not a thing, right? I honestly, know. I don't know. Like I, in the eight, what was this eighteen? Like early eighteen hundreds? Yeah, I mean for, not, for a woman, probably not. Right, exactly. Like if a man wanted to be divorced, fine. But I like don't if know. a woman was like, I want a divorce, he'd be like, okay. Honestly, I bet that was probably it. I mean, probably really, just, this was her only chance. Yeah, when I was reading like when I did my thing on Mary Shelley. That's kind of what it. Right. This is right around that time period. Well, based yeah, on everything is, that this guy is like in this story, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she was so desperate to get rid of him. By the way, fun fact in regards to uh, Mary Shelley. 
This story is frequently used as a shining example of what's called Tasmanian Gothic, which Ooh. is kind of, it's a literary style they also use in film, where they take a lot of inspiration from Gothic's house, but use this kind of primeval landscape of Tasmania yeah. to stand Sick. in for like the you know long history of Europe. Oh, okay. It's really cool. There are a few movies that use this. It's it's really great. I love that's it. Actually that's actually really cool. Tasmanian Gothic is cool. Give me an example. Uh, the Hunter with Willem Dafoe is an example of Tasmanian Gothic. Um, Van Diemen, or no, yeah, Van Diemen's, Van Diemen's Land, Land and uh, Last Confessions of Alexander Pierce are also one. Cool. Uh, those are the only ones I know. <laughs> okay, so we have Green Hill. Next up, Matthew Travers, 27. Hello! That's not Irish. He's, oh, sorry. He's an Irish labor and Green Hill's closest friend. Ah, uh, sure, hi there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, he was initially actually a well-behaved convict before he fell in with Green Hill. In March 1821, he committed a serious offense when he, Green Hill, and a few other men tried to steal a schooner to escape Van Diemen's Land. This was an act of piracy, yes, Brittany? I'm sure it was. <laughs> a schooner? Is that like a little boat? It's it's a sailboat. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to make sure. Yeah. Uh, this was an act of piracy and was enough to get Travers and Greenhill both sent to Macquarie Island. Okay, so or Macquarie that's, Harbor. that's why they were there, because yeah. they stole a boat. They stole um, a boat and tried to escape, right. yeah. A schooner? Thank it's you. a boat. Sorry. Schooner. I just, I just like schooner. Uh, schooner. Next, Alexander Dalton, a new friend of Pierce's who is 25 and a former soldier from Kilkenny. Do from, I have that right? From Kilkenny? Kilkenny, yes. Kilkenny, Kilkenny. Yes. He had Kilkenny. numerous offenses in his time in the colony, including drunk and disorderly, assaulting and kicking his overseer. Kicking his which, overseer. Which, by the way, um, there's only That's one worse. guy who actually has a genuinely violent history in this group. So apparently, like, assaulting and kicking his overseer probably was, like, kicking him in the shin. Because that wasn't considered was really a violent hoping, I was really offense. hoping it was going to be the shin. So it was probably, like... Like, he just tripped a guy? It was probably, like, he a guy rented his labor and told him to do something. He's like, nah, fuck off. And, yeah. like, kicked and him. And kicked him in the shin. Yeah. Awesome. Um, kicking his overseer, it. neglect of duty, and perjury. The latter of which got him a hundred lashes in transportation perjury. to Sarah Island. Yeah, perjury. Like, what? He probably um, lied on the stand to cover for a friend or something. We yeah. don't know exactly what happened, but it was perjury that got him sent here. A hundred lashes in Jesus. one go. Jesus, it's fucking crazy. It's just so brutal. The whole yeah. system is so it's, needlessly it thrives brutal. on brutality. Like it's just that they're not even human at this point. Yeah, and wow. boy, you see what it does to him. Uh, Thomas Bodenham, 22, was an English farm laborer, the only member of the group with a serious history of violence. This oh, is the so guy this I was is, talking about. This is the violent guy. Yeah. He attacked and robbed a man on the road between Harbor Town and, I'm going to try this, Launceston? Probably. An offense that got him four years at Sarah Island. Uh, William Kinnerly, a man who was sent to Sarah Island for absconding, and that is literally all we know about him. Just absconding. Absconding. So he basically ran away he from, like, somewhere. It was probably, again, he had his labor rented out to some rancher, and he probably just like, fuck, fuck this. this. Yeah, and just walked off, and they're like, all right, you're going to hell. Because God. Sarah Island and Macquarie Harbor is fucking hell. God. It's an awful place. Uh, John Mather, a 24-year-old baker who'd received 50 lashes for misconduct and abusing his overseer. I think abusing is probably insulting. It's probably, yeah, I was going to say, just like, I don't like those boots. Yeah. Oh! Um, he also got another 25 for being absent from his lodgings. Did he go to take a piss at night? It was probably he was put into some type of, like, house arrest or had to stay in, like, a 
a guard or well, I'm sure that? they had like he probably had curfews. to stay in a guardhouse. Well, they had curfews, but also this actually happened to Pierce, where when they were sentenced to hard labor or something, they'd have to stay in a guardhouse, like under kind of more stringent okay. watch. So it's probably he missed a curfew while he was you know in one of those yeah. or something. Uh, he had been sent to Sarah Island for forging a money order, and then last, and this guy's the saddest. Um, there, the last member of the group was a man called Little Brown, who was in a hot brown. (laughs) He was a man in his late fifties who was known as quote an old lag. He was a long-term convict who basically had the life beaten out of him by the system. Oh, jeez. He's like the kind of person who stays in prison because prison is the only thing he knows. Yeah. 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 He's just institutionalized. Yeah. So that's uh that's our dream team here. That's our Suicide Squad going this. Is over a, this. This, is our, this is our our uh is it a a team? A yeah. This is the A team. Yeah. This God. is this is our Avengers. Yeah. Like Pierce. Have walks you heard in. the Avengers uh theme song on a recorder? That's yes, what I'm picturing. Great. Yeah. You like, like Pierce walks in, looks at all these guys in his work crew. Like you know they're like probably sitting there whittling some wood. They all look up at him and he looks around. It's like, what are we? Some kind of suicide squad. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hate that movie. And they'll just it's throw so... shit at him because it's all they have on hand. <laughs> I can't believe They throw that. a bar of soap at him, then if someone has to go and get it and bring it back, because it's it the back. only bar of soap. <laughs> it, it was, it's mostly fat, so... and they planned on eating oh, it later. Oh. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need that back. <laughs> um, so the idea to escape seems to have been Green Hills. And basically, you know, as we know, there were other escape attempts those all just disappeared into the bush. <laughs> We're fucking children. With the rangers! <laughs> um, Green Hill insists that these men were fucking stupid. At best, those they had... dummies. Basically, he's like, at best, those people got to the settled parts of the island where people will be looking for them. Right. Or they were probably killed by aborigines or they starved to death. There's no good solution if you stay on the island. Yeah. So Green Hill basically is like, these guys are suckers. I've got a better plan. We're going to seize a, wh- a whaling boat, sail through Hell's Gates. By the way, Macquarie Harbor, basically the only way into it through the sea is this tiny kind of like rocky... Um, Just like an inlet? Yeah, an inlet called Hell's Gate. And okay. it's guarded. Like there are active soldiers there stationed Great. there. So basically his plan is we're going to steal a whaling boat, sail it through Hell's Gates, and go off to any port that would be free from British justice. He talked about China. He probably meant Jakarta. Okay. Which is in the Dutch East Indies. It's about a 5,500-mile journey. Sure, easy. Um, Actually, it's doable. It's possible. So there are other escape attempts. There are at least four that I could find from this time period that were successful. They actually did it? There is one where it's like they stole a boat from Hobart Town and sailed to fucking Peru. What? Yeah, granted, it was a bigger boat. Like, all of these escapes were done with bigger boats. And- uh, September 20th, 1822, things got kicked off prematurely. They discovered that a shipment of whale oil was coming down into the harbor, and it was probably the best chance that they would get. So, at the time, Greenhill was on another work detail, so they devised a plan. Overpower their one guard, who was an unarmed prisoner-turned-overseer. Because they had, like, 14 people. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was eight people. Greenhill was gone, so seven. Oh, no, I just mean, like, the actual guards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they would get, uh, basically prisoners who were... Capos. Yeah, kind of loyal. Loyal enough. Yeah. I think they called them trusted prisoners or something. People that they could feed a little um, bit more. I think, like, two of them went missing with those guards who went chasing after the other escape attempt. Ah. 
So, I mean, they trust them kind of, but they didn't arm them. Right. So the idea was they would um, jump their guard, seize a boat, row the nine miles north to where Green Hill was, get him, and then steal the new boat, and then make their escape. By that point, night would have fallen. That would have been their best shot, basically. At breakfast, they jumped their overseer, stripped him of everything of use, including his clothing, mm. and tied him to a tree. And bushwhacked him. <laughs> wow. Now we'll show you what a bush ranger is. <laughs> oh, I, don't know, I don't know what wow. axe that was. That was quite the burp. It, it like caught me off guard. <laughs> it's I midway it through myself. it, like your face. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> they then scrambled back in their whaling boat and set out to find Green Hill. And apparently, Green Hill kind of figured out what. The, <laughs> sorry, everyone. Michael um, took a shirt. You have a nipple that is bigger than your other one. <laughs> Most people do. Are we, are we going to go into this? <laughs> no. No, we're good. All right. Because we can. <laughs> you okay? I just looked over and I was like, oh, he's hot. He's taking his sweatshirt off. And Sorry. I looked over and he's like fucking just like it's just fuck ass naked. nipples staring at us like a, <laughs> like, a wall-eyed sloth. <laughs> you don't have to stare. <laughs> they were looking at me first. <laughs> well, one of them was. <laughs> <laughs> we broke broken Brittany finally oh um, I was not expecting that <laughs> so they scramble back into the boat they've stolen they uh, row north looking for Green Hill who must have been looking for him because as soon as he saw the uh, actually here I'm gonna this is the first time we get to quote Pierce directly quote as soon as he perceived the boat approaching he was in perfect readiness to go with this. Michael, do you want to take a stab at it? Uh, no. No, you were great. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, fuck you. No, we're going to keep that me, one. Me and my nipples say, fuck yeah. you. <laughs> so, uh, once they had Green Hill, the group stormed the miner's hut with axes and took all the provisions they could find, which was basically 10 pounds of flour, cool. six pounds of beef, and an axe. On top of this, they've been hoarding their bread rations. Okay. At that's least not, as that's much not as they gonna, can. Great. I was like, that's not gonna last long. 5,500 miles, you said. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, God, I can't wait to Don't worry, they'll figure it out. Like a nibble of bread a day. Yeah. Uh, they also took the time to try and douse the signal pyres on the beach. Basically, they're like these little signal fires. Do you remember um, Return of the King, the Beacons of Gondor? So they can call Gon- that Gondor is calling for aid? Yeah, so they can call Rohan to yeah. go and fight in the Battle of the Pelennor Fields. Yeah. No, they basically put these pyres up along the beach, and the idea was you'd light it, and that would alert you know the guards sure. at Sarah Island proper. Right. Um, they try and douse those. Pretty smart. It's it's a waste of time. Like, time is of the essence. You gotta go. Yeah. Time is money. Yeah. Um, time is flour in this case. So basically by this point, the, it's Four about grand. midday. It's about, you know, noon, one o'clock, somewhere around there. Just after swamping their smaller boats, they took the time to destroy it for some reason. Sounds like they're taking time to do a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, by the time they'd swamped the smaller boat, taken the larger one, and started sailing, they'd only made it a third of the mile before, or a third of a mile before they observed miners lighting fires all along the beach. Oh, damn it. So their attempt to... Yeah. Like, they did fucking nothing. They just wasted time at that point. They just built a different fire. Yeah, those pyres, the pyres did nothing. So at this point, the plan is already unraveling, and these guys have a choice. Should they continue by seeing the hopes that they can outrow their pursuers, which is not likely given their poor health? I mean, these guys are basically working hard on starvation weight or right. starvation rations. Right. Or 
Do they alter the plan and head inland by foot? Like all the people that they made fun of earlier. Yep. They chose the latter, and then, for whatever reason, spent precious time and energy destroying the larger boat they were currently what in. What the fuck? They're not even trying... Ugh. Why? Why yeah. are you doing it at that point? Just you, to say you're, fuck go, you're going inland. That boat isn't going to be used against you. I would imagine it that at this point, like, they're just so full of kind of impotent rage at the people that have... Hurt, like, uh, fucked over yeah, their plan. Yeah, that they just want to destroy anything that symbolizes the British and their oppression at this point. I honestly think it's literally just kind of dumb criminals. I mean, yeah, they're panicking. Yeah, it's it's just dumb people in a panic. Yeah. So this overland route would take them towards the sparsely populated areas, you know, in the center of the island. Okay. They only had the most general idea of where they were in relation to Hobart Town and the rest of Tasmania. Oh, God damn it. Because so they don't even have a clue. People are going to start mapping out this area ten years after this. That is when you start having, like, you know... Actual surveying. Like, cartographers going through the area. Yeah. And surveyors, yeah. A green hill was the only one among them who could navigate by the stars and would have to do so in misty, miserable weather. Fear pursuit meant that they did not have the luxury of turning around looking for a better route. So basically, once these guys start running, they are committed. They can't, like, go into an area and say, oh, this is too mountainous and too rocky. We have to turn around because in their mind, you know, they're no being turning around. Exactly. Basically, they have no choice now. They are now committed to the indifferent otherness of Van Diemen's Land. And uh, I actually think that's probably a pretty good point to end the episode. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Wow, shit. So Part one of Pierce's romp through Van Diemen's Land. Yeah, well, Alexander Pierce. Um Bit what, of a character. Something like that. Yeah, With so... a motley um, crew. Yeah, a suicide it's... suicide squad, if you will. <laughs> a bad company. <laughs> Off the album, Bad Company. By, By the bad artist, company. Bad Company. Oh my god. <laughs> they would have loved that. I love it. It's so great. They would have loved that. <laughs> Alright, everybody. Well, join us next time for part two, where we uh, wrap up the story of... Yeah, uh, part two is where we'll, uh, if you'll pardon the pun, get into the real meat of the story. Yeah. Oh... <laughs> Yeah, far fewer potatoes. I've read, I've read the script, yeah. so I know what it's Yeah, this story, um, this is the fun bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is where it's this happy. Is, it's downhill from here. Yeah. The brutal beatings and lashes sound like a happy memory. Yeah, the next it, um, part is really tasty. It gets fun. Like I said, this was a story where I was tangentially aware of it. Yeah. And then just the more I read, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, To give you an idea... I've talked to a few people about this, and I legitimately don't know if I'd rather be in this or the Donner Party. And I'm kind of leaning towards I'd rather be in the Donner Party. Well, your odds are actually probably better in the Donner Party. <laughs> kind of. Statistically. Um, we'll get to it later. But yeah. anyway, um, thank you so much, guys. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Yeah, thanks everybody for joining us for this episode. As always, we're so happy to have you listening. And uh, join us next time for the next episode. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at DrunkThunks. Our Twitter, I recently learned, is DTThunks, uh, DThunks at Twitter. I don't uh, know. Did, did you not know that? No. Uh, so have you been telling people the wrong Twitter handle? Probably. Oh, yeah, we're at DThunks. Yeah. Hey, guess what? Uh, in fairness, I've literally never used Twitter once in my personal life, so you can excuse me. We're all real social media Luddites here. Uh, but yeah, you can reach out to us on Twitter at DThunks. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as DrunkThunks. And if you want to send us a message or let us know what you'd like to hear on these episodes, uh, you can find us at DrunkThunks at gmail.com. And yeah, let us know what you think, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, yeah. Everybody. Thank you so much. Bye. I love you. I will always, always love you more.
I like you guys. I think you're you okay. guys are pretty great. Yeah. If I were trapped on a desert island with you guys, it would take me like weeks before I decide to kill you for food. Yeah, yeah. I would never kill you for food. I'd die first. That's oh, that's referring to my co-host. You. you as the audience. Oh. I would. I would rather sacri- sacrifice myself for you. I just do a better job piloting the boat. Clever, Michael. All right, bye, guys. I love you. <laughs>